We are here because of God's grace. It's through God's love and grace that we acknowledge the First Nations people on whose land we meet. We acknowledge their care for country, land, oceans and waters. We acknowledge elders past, present and future. We acknowledge past injustices. And we acknowledge the need through Jesus and with Jesus to work towards conciliation. You've found the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church, where we go deeper and wrestle with the stuff we talk about on a Sunday morning. So please join us as we take next steps together. Hello and welcome to the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church. My name is Matt. I'm your host and joining me today, uh, Pastor Paul Dare. Pastor Dan Hutchison and Matt Garvin, our senior pastor at Citywide. Uh, we're recording this podcast on Monday, the 8th of November, and you should be able to find it on Wednesday, the 10th of November. Uh, Matt, do you want to tell us what we talked about on uh, Sunday? Yeah, well, it was interesting, sort of trying to capture the heart of everything we've been talking about over the past couple of months as we looked at the what does it mean to, to grow faith, and particularly that the diagram of the the journey of faith, and as I was preparing for it, uh, I, I I realised in myself how easy it is to lose hope, uh, and that at the heart of our faith is this call to hope, uh, and part of what triggered my realisation of it was the that little Cleo Smith was found, and I realised I think for a lot of people they talk about it. In, in some ways, how surprised they were, how, how many of us kind of expect those stories not to have a, a happy ending. And all of us have had lots of times in our lives where things haven't had a happy ending. And, and that kind of conditions you not to have hope. And uh, I started by talking about the word hope and how actually our usage of the word decreased dramatically uh, from the, the 1800s right the way through to 1992. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, it started to pick up in 1992. And I, I wonder if this double-edged thing was happening as we took this trajectory downwards, we were trusting more and more in science and in our own abilities to, to get things done uh, and less and less in some kind of external hope but as we hit 1992 and the all the, the the plans we had for how things were going to work started to we started to realize that the whole world wasn't actually going to be necessarily a better place because of science that uh the berlin wall had fallen down but things still were messy then all of a sudden we started to need and look for hope in a much stronger way and we started to uh, I think the the human desire for hope uh, became uh, more and more prevalent, and I talked about how how it, it's kind of normal to be in a place where you where you find it hard to hope if you've had your hope deferred. And Proverbs, of course, says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Where, where somehow if you if you start to become hopeless if you start to hopeless it actually is a painful place to be and i think that's where we as a society have a society of being where we've been hoping less and uh we talked about how that 
tree diagram that's been at the heart of our uh, discussion over the past couple of months, how for many of us, fundamentally, we believe less in hope. Uh, and, and so it was really important to, to say, okay, well, at the heart of our faith is this call to hope. But Paul prays in Ephesians that the praise that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we would know the hope to which we're called. Hebrews tells us to hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. And, and, and I think uh, when Peter tries to communicate the strategy to change the world, uh, he says, uh, always be ready to give an answer to people who want to ask you why you've got hope. What, what is the hope you've got and where does that come from? as you hold and your focus on Jesus, as, as Jesus is Lord, it's going to produce hope. Uh, and so we talked about that really the diagram was a way of explaining that, how that as, as we keep Jesus Lord, it is the process of us more and more and more living from hope as we reflect, recognize, choose and act. And, uh, and I finished by just... Uh, coming back to, I think, Jesus' call to us in, in Matthew 11, uh, where he talks about, uh, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And, and I think, rightfully, I, I think we can say, come here, Jesus is saying, come to me, all, who, all you who are hopeless, and I will give you hope. I think that's it's part of the subtext of that text. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me and I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, and in first century Judaism, the yoke was how the Pharisee, or not the, not, not the Pharisees, but the teachers of the law, the, the rabbis, if you followed a rabbi, it would be like you took their yoke upon you. It was you were following their way of life. It was part of their how that was described the colloquial idiom of the of the time and and so jesus is saying take my way of life on and that's where you find rest that's where ultimately you find hope and i think that kind of captures what we want to be as a church we want to be people who live from hope because we love jesus and focus on him so that's that's really i think the, the heart of what we're trying to communicate and, and the journey we've been on uh to to explain what it means to live from hope and breaking that down into the the reflect, recognize, choose and act diagram. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, Paul, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, it was really interesting. I've been thinking about hope and, and what we talked about on Sunday a bit. And I think hope is on two levels. There's the hope, your personal hope, which is Matt was just talking about, you know, that hope that, I don't know, that hope that you get through faith that Jesus will do the things he says he will do. And that there's that hope. But then there's the hope we project. And that's the other thing we talked about on Sunday was the hope we project. And I was just thinking about faith, hope and love, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. And, you know, faith is what gets you there. Love is what you should... Um, Love is what you're, you show to people, but hope is the reason you do it. Because hmm. hmm. you hope people to come to know you. You really want people to come to know the Lord. So that's a hope, and that's a hope. And, and they got me to think about 
hope, though, is just so important in church life and in an individual's life, you know, in our walk. Because if we aren't feeling hope, how can we show hope? And if we don't show hope, how can anybody else see how we're different? Mm. And it's just such a, it's actually quite sobering when you think about it. You know, like we all joke sometimes about hope and, you know, like you're having a bad day, but you go, I'm feeling okay. But it's what you actually do that in those moments that count. You know, so people, people have to look at you and go, why are you different? Why are you got that hope? And, but unless you've got the hope, you can't show hope. And it's just this, this continual circle and battle to show hope. And I was thinking, you know, as a church, you know, as a, as a any, anybody who's in a church, for a church to grow, the church needs to show hope hmm. as a church. And then that got me thinking some more. You know, I sometimes overthink. Um, but it got me thinking some more is how do we as a church show hope? And that's hmm. sort of where it's got to. So I actually loved it. It was really challenging. And it just, it's amazing how going back to basics continually refines and retunes your thought and continually puts the focus back on Jesus without getting all, all sort of wrapped up in one subject. The basics means you've just got that overall picture of what God is and who God is and who Jesus is and what we're called to do. And I just think it's amazing. So I love the series. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Bob. How do you bounce off that, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, I was, um, came away quite challenged in a, a few aspects. I think, I mean, I see myself, myself as... Um, as an optimist and and i think always kind of looking at different situations to see what's god doing in that or or what um yeah where, where's he going in that and so thinking about right now with all, all the stuff that i've got going on i mean i was, was just talking about before uh, we went on air that you know about looking at houses and and just the market seems crazy right now but a lot of people are saying back to me and, and i feel it too is that that i have hope that that this is all part of God's plan and, and it will play out. So I've had a few people comment on, on how can you be so laid back or, or look calm? And yeah, there's times where I'm not feeling that way, but, mm. <laughs> but a lot of the time it's that hope in knowing that, um, that God is sovereign and, and he's, he's, he's got it all in his hands. And, and I think yesterday while sitting in the service, listening to Matt, I actually had someone sitting beside me that was, was, saying um it seemed like you know god was really using matt's word to speak with them at that time that you know they were they were saying i i came in here because i was looking for hope uh you know i've, I've made decisions and and it feels like there's there's things around me right now that just want to keep pushing me down um and i'm i'm just seeking some hope seeking some people that that um have hope and so that really challenged me as as i think we get caught up a little bit in the in the bubble of of um, you know what, what's God doing in our our, our world or um, amongst us as a church, but also to lift our eyes and go, hey, what about in our community? What and that's what Paul was kind of saying there, weren't you? Like, like what's the hope that as a church we're communicating? Uh, and so for this person, um, you know, they they were wanting that, and mm. and I think we get we get caught of it. Too much as the word and i think like matt was saying with the word you know only just getting increasing in its popularity from 92 which i was only two when that started to shift so obviously it's grown up with me but <laughs> um <laughs> uh 
yeah, but yeah, I think definitely the world is looking for hope and and um, it was a great message to to wrap up the series as we focused on Jesus and, and that following these these principles is is what leads to us stepping more into that hope and and really recognizing what God's doing for us but also for the, the community. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Jan. Uh, I guess um, it's, it is interesting because we, we do have a built into our faith. There, there is that, that hope that, uh, in a sense, I, I feel like, Matt, that can contextualize things that happen in your life. And I think it's probably one of the reasons why people who are followers of Jesus can tend to be more optimistic about their own lives. But we don't always let that shine through to to the outside world do we no i think that's the the central wrestle of faith that all of us uh whether you're a pastor or not uh can lose sight of jesus uh and that the heart of faith is to live from the the context or live live your life centered around jesus and the truth that is in him uh but the the Apostle Paul talks about this wrestle of the f- flesh versus the spirit. There's always part of us that is becomes self-focused, uh, and and, it, and it's so and and life is difficult. Like you you, you hit you hit diso- points of disillusionment, and things don't go the way you want them to go, and and you quickly learn you it's going to hurt less if you hope less, mm. uh, and so. Uh, you start to little kids live on a roller coaster, sort of up and down and up and down, wholeheartedly joyful and wholeheartedly despairing uh, when they don't get the lolly they wanted, or they, you know, what. But but the the danger is that we can start to see being an adult as uh, is normalising all our our emotional worlds and behaviours at a, at a lower level because we hope less. Mm. And uh, and I I think we're we're called to to live from hope that is based on the the future that is ahead of us in and through Jesus that and and the and also the present that the fact that the mm. Son of God is with us now mm. and calling us to life now I don't know it's hard to that promise if there's not how how can we be hopeless but so often we just lose sight of that and and uh it's so easy to feel powerless and hopeless even though the the real son of god is in our lives and calling us to life so i i was thinking of hope in the in the terms of the the human hope the, that deep deep hope and this is what christian hope is i think because when you get to human hope, it's a completely different story because in the grief, in the sadness, like when I lost my wife five years ago, it was only hope that kept me going. It was hope that she'd gone to heaven because she loved the Lord. It was hope that there was something different mm. that actually keeps you going. So you've got this, you've got the world hope, which is different, I think, to the Christian hope too. And I think, I think when we talk, we've got to be careful not to get the two types of hope mixed up. Because the worldly hope is, I hope for two cars, you know, the latest television, the latest, the latest um, phoneware, and all that stuff. But then there's the 
the God hope, which is, mm. I just want to have a family who surrounds me and loves me. And that's all I need. And I think there's a difference. And we just got to be sure that we concentrate on the right hope. Well, that was kind of what I was getting at earlier when um, I'm really glad you said that, Paul, because that was what I was getting at when I was saying that um, when we have the, our faith in Jesus, it, it contextualizes stuff that happens in our lives. At the, it, it helps us to put things in their correct places in a way that's healthy for our emotional world. Um, like I, I can really relate to your your story. I mean, it, it mine's a different experience, but being a parent of special needs children, you have lots of challenges and there are lots of times where you can think, oh, why me? Why is this happening? This is unfair and all that. But I mean, I don't know, Kylie and I have often had conversations with other with each other saying, you know, I don't know how people who don't have uh, what we've got with our faith, I don't know how they cope because we've got this this optimism, this hope that comes with it, that God made our children for a reason. He made them the way they are for a reason. He gave them to us for a reason. Um, yeah, and, and that there's a plan for everything. Um, yeah, Matt and Dan, I, I, I don't know how you guys respond to that. Yeah, well, and I think that's part of the... Like there's this complicated line you've got as a because I don't think God produces death. No, and, and I don't think God produces pain. But the sovereignty of God means that all things mm. work together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus and called according to His plan. That that somehow. God's grace means that we can trust God even in the horrible things. Yeah. And it's what I keep coming back to Psalm 23, where it says, I, he guides me on right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because mm. you are with me. Mm. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That, that sometimes right paths are horrible. They feel like death. But this is that the hope we have is that God is with us. I love that as, as Jesus is announced to the world, he's called Emmanuel, God with us. And at the end of his life, he, he says, and I will be with you. And so the, the, the Christian hope is this truth that the son of god is with us and we don't have to do things on it we, we are never on our own if we are open to jesus but the human the fallen human nature that the the other there's part of us that always we want to be the star of the show we we want to be the center of the stage and there's this paradoxical trade-off that has to happen in order to find the hope where we where we let him be the star of the show, we let him be the centre of the stage in our lives, and as we do that, we actually find the life that we think will happen when we are the stars. Mm. And, uh, and that gradually, that there's this journey he takes us on where we gradually recognise where he isn't the center of the stage or the star of the show in our lives and where 
we are and and our behavior slowly change changes and and we start to live differently in a way that is obviously hopeful hmm. yeah yeah and, and i'll just and tell me if I'm, I'm going a bit off track but as we we're talking i think um i'm reading through john um the gospel of john and uh particularly that middle section there um jesus really goes hard in defending his connection with we've got but the disciples are asking uh, him in, in chapter nine rabbi who sinned for this man to be blind his parents or himself that he would be born blind and jesus says neither this man nor his parents sinned said jesus but this happens so that the works of god might be displayed in him as long as it is day we must do the work works of him who sent me night is coming when no one can work while i'm in the world i am the light of the world and so just like as you're saying i think sometimes we lay punishment on ourselves or 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 um think why is this happening to me um what have i done wrong or what what can i attribute to this and um like matt said i don't think god lines us up to, to put this stuff to punish us particularly things like that blindness or, or like you're saying with disabled kids that's far from the truth but what it's saying there is is that it's opportunity for God's glory. It's, and, yes. and that might not necessarily be a miracle in, in being healed or, or, or things changing from that, but it's, it's that hope and that resilience amongst being in the storm or the trial that glorifies God amongst that. Yeah. So, yeah, as you were saying, Matt, about um, yeah, your, your situation of people not knowing how they could get through it without having hope, um i i think without um yeah knowing that jesus is, is with us that he's the light amongst it that helps us persevere and helps us um know that there's that hope there for us that that um yeah helps us get through those those um but yeah helps glorify god amongst it um yeah. and and we can have hope for our our kids our, our situation or or um whoever that uh god's got a plan and a purpose there as Matt, Pastor Matt was saying to work together for his good, but I think that's where it comes back to what we're talking about. It only happens well; it happens as we give honor to God in that. Does that yeah. make sense? In in actually pausing, reflecting, recognizing what the Spirit's doing, how I should respond, um, because I think we can miss it too. And that's what Jesus was really talking to his disciples and challenging people that you're missing God's kingdom um, because you're too caught up in in um, in what you think needs to happen instead of what God has planned. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always been actually that, that, that story from John, I've always found quite striking. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, who sinned, whose fault is it? And, and Jesus response there, like it's nobody's fault and something great's going to come of this thing, even though it's hard, even though it's a, a difficult situation, there's going to be a, a, a beautiful thing that results from it. And you know, that, that's amazing. But I, I think, um, Paul, I don't know if this resonates with you, but I mean, in my experience is we, we don't handle, we don't come through these hard things because we're so good. It's because we've got such a faithful God. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, I remember going through the, the final stages and all that with my, with my departed wife and um, there was angry, there was anger there, there was the why me there, there was all that. And, and I think that's okay. But, you know, you've got to also then spend time reflecting. And it's when you spend that time reflecting and, you know, like we said, you know, like 
you go through bad times, but when you reflect, that's when your faith shines through. That's when the hope shines through. That's when you can actually see Jesus and accept, not in a fatalistic way, but accept that it's no one's fault. Hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, like, and that's what you know, the, the reading in John was about. It's no one's fault. Mm. These things happen. And then Pastor Matt was saying about they happen and God has a chance to show his goodness through it. And I think mm. like, everything works for those, like you said, everything works for good for those who believe in him. And it, sometimes it's hard to see it, but in reflection, you can always see it. Yeah. Matt? When you ended your um, part of the message on Sunday, you left us with a question. Um, did you just want to share that question with us? Because it's quite quite an interesting thing to think about. Mm. Well, it would set up the, the obvious thing that all of us can live from hope and that Peter makes it clear that it is those who are living from hope, their lives will be questionable. They'll, they'll produce questions from people. Uh, and you'll need to give an answer for the hope that you have. And so the question we ask people is, is, is the way you are currently living uh, demonstrating that hope? Or are, is the way you are currently living more framed by pain? Is it the, the avoidance of pain or uh, is it living out of pain? And this question of how could your life better reflect Mm. yeah i think and i think that's it's it's right because um yeah if we're on the right track in our in our faith lives that hope's going to be bleeding through into everything we do um and it's yeah it's when we when we when we're not living like that when we, we're doing like what jesus says in the book of matthew where we're, it's like a lamp that's been covered up um and we're not doing any good anymore um Paul, how, how, does, how does that hit you? Yeah, it is so true. You know, like I was actually thinking, and it got me back to the GLS, the Global Leadership Summit the other day, and that one quote that uh, I can't remember who it said, it said, do you light up the room when you walk into it or when you walk out of it? Yeah. And I was, and I was thinking, that's what hope's about. You know, like when you're there, are you producing hope or producing despair or or just you know what is your attitude what is what is God showing through what's showing through you as far as God's concerned and I think if you're showing hope you're one of these people who light up a room when you go rather than when you when you arrive rather than when you leave and I think that's really what it boils down to and I, I agree totally you know like we have a choice on it this is the you know like hope doesn't mean not having bad days Hope doesn't mean there won't be bad times. But hope means there's always light there. And I think this is the thing, you know, like you can be going through the worst of times and still exude hope. You can be going through the worst of absolute worst and still exude hope. And I actually think in some ways it's easier to exude hope in the worst times than it is in the best times, because in the best times, I think sometimes you forget about God. Mm. As, as when you're clinging on to God, is it's easy to you actually show more hope, I, I believe. And so for me, the challenge of the statement on Saturday was 
you know, you know, like it's a choice and it's a much easier choice to show God when you're having a bad time. But it's when you're having a good time, when things are sailing along sm swimmingly well, that's when you get a choice. And I actually find that hard to show hope then because then you start, the world starts getting hold of you. You think, oh, no, I can do this by myself, but you forget about God. So mm. I, I love the challenge of the question and it actually challenges me to be on my good days to show more hope. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Bob. So, um, yeah, on Sunday, I actually um, did the second half of our message. And um, as we come to the end of Next Steps, we've, we've, tried, we've been trying to figure out, well, how do we wrap this up as a, as a teaching team? And one of the ideas that got thrown out there was, well, maybe we could get someone to talk about how they've experienced the series and what they've gotten out of it. And uh, considering I hadn't done any of the messages in the series, I thought, well, I'll, I'll volunteer for that. Um, and it was really interesting working through how, how it's impacted me. Uh, I was able to um, disclose a little bit about how um, uh, Matt Garvin in his, in his planning for the year had originally planned a, a different sermon series for this time of the year. It was called The Minefield, where uh, we were going to be talking about all kinds of really interesting and controversial topics like uh, gender, sexuality, politics, climate change, pandemics. And I was really excited about doing that. I was, I, I kind of wanted to put my name down to do one of the messages every week of the series. It was, it was so exciting to me. And, um, and then he sort of said, oh, we're going to have to do a series just before we do that about just to get our fundamentals in order. And I sort of thought, ah, oh, yeah, I suppose he's right, but that sounds less fun. Um, and then the series kept getting bigger and um, I was pretty skeptical. I didn't think I'd get a lot out of it, but to be honest, I was able to share on Sunday, you know, I've, I've gotten a ton out of next steps and um, the biggest takeaway that I took from it really was in the end, we really weren't ready for the minefield. We really weren't ready to engage in these big topics because you can't get into that stuff in a healthy and effective way. You can't talk about something like climate change, for example, or gender in a healthy, um, effective way as a church if you haven't got all your fundamentals, all your basic stuff in a solid spot. And so, yeah, I found myself in the in the position of being able to sort of encourage people who perhaps haven't engaged in this stuff to to give it a really good look because it's so important. Um, yeah, so I I I don't know that I guess that's the question I wanted to ask you guys about um, being able to move into engaging with these sort of hard things that are going on in our in our world around us in our in our culture. Um, I don't know whether that that rings true to you, Matt, uh, about our fundamentals, about needing to get that in order before we do it. Yeah, certainly for me, and this is uh, there's part of me that would much prefer to engage with intellectual issues uh, and uh, be able, particularly issues that don't directly affect me. Uh, and uh, enjoy the, the wrestle of all that and point out where other people are wrong and right. And, 
then face the truth that there is still part of me that is not subject to Christ, that that Jesus is not Lord of, and that that I've still got. I keep being. I think through this series, I have been confronted more than usual uh, in uh, just how far I've got to go, uh, and. And I can name this process, and it's true for me, and I can see how Jesus has taken me on a journey where I have gradually learnt to focus on him and spend time reflecting and then recognising where I've got to grow and making different choices and in fellowship making, actually doing it, and that it changes my character. Mm. Um but I also realise, and it's nice to look back and realise, yeah, I have grown a lot. But I think it it does bring me face to face with the mirror that you quoted uh, and where I look at myself in the mirror through the lens of the Word of God and realise, yeah, I've still got a way to go. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this is possibly what Jesus means, means when he says, look, Deal with a speck in your own eye before you, with the plank in your own eye before you try and deal with a speck in someone else's eye. That there is a real danger in wanting to sort other people out without being deeply aware of how bigger challenges you personally have to face, and and that this really this this little diagram. I'm hoping we don't lose it. I'm, I'm hoping we keep coming back to it and, and just be reminded we're all on a journey of growth and Jesus is gentle and, he, and we doesn't, he doesn't expect us to be perfect, but we need to be growing in him and be moving more and more to freedom. It's not a destination you reach at any point in your life. It's this ongoing journey. Yeah, mm. yeah I found I, I, I can so relate to what you're saying because uh, and as I shared on Sunday, you know, you one of one of my big challenges was yeah realizing all these things that are bubbling away in my life that oh yeah i'm not quite i'm not quite aligned with jesus on that i'm going to have to i'm going to have to sort that out and i i think a lot of people if they if they're honest about it have have had to reflect on that throughout the course of this series um dan i don't know if you have any thoughts yeah yeah well, i i actually had the opposite response i think to you, Matt, when, when Pastor Matt changed the series, because uh, I was just excited about and seeing the potential of, of yeah, doing this series. And I think you said it well uh, there on Sunday when you said um, discipleship is not a sexy word. <laughs> and um, to submit yourself uh, to Jesus or to, to one another, I think that is really the key that we, a process that we do have to be aware of before we go and hit these hard, hard topics. Um, which, yeah, and then the hard topics I wasn't too interested in, <laughs> like knowing how tricky and, and uh, but particularly if we're not willing to submit to, to Jesus, not willing to, to listen to what's the true heart here of what he wants to express. And, and instead of getting caught up on the topics, and as that, and Matt said, trying to prove that this is the right way, how do we have a process uh, that is going to help um, us reflect well and, and listen well and, and then act in a way that is loving and, and um, a, appropriate response. Um, because I think in today's age, we can react uh, without really considering what, what does God actually want to say here. 
Uh, so that's why I was really excited when we, we shifted to doing this series. And I think discipleship is something that we've lost. I don't know if it is because of the word or, or what it is, but uh, I guess it is around the submission part, isn't it? Of, of, of wanting to be our own rulers of our, our lives and, and um, every aspect of it to, to think that I have to submit to someone else, uh, Jesus, or be it, the church or, or how that looks um yeah it's it's hard for some people and hard for all of us i guess to um to accept that but yeah i think as we've shared and as you unpacked it yesterday matt henderson that um yeah it's really beneficial for a lot of us to to reflect on that and and um focus on jesus amongst all this hmm. yeah paul um i actually think that i agree with what most of us said I'm probably more with um, I'm probably more with Dan though. I was actually like looking forward to this one more than the other one. And I think Matt, you hit the the, the reason for that you hit on the head is because it's a more intellectual exercise. For most people, it's, it's something that's happening externally to them. Where this was about basics, this is happening to everybody, mm. and this happens to you, and it affects everybody differently. You know what we went through, and yeah, I went in there thinking, oh, it'd be great to be reminded of this. You know, and, and I was reminded of it, but the, the challenges that came from it were also quite um, real mm. in the fact that it reminds you to show hope. It reminds you about love. It reminds you about choices. It reminds you about everything that you can do to either grow with Jesus or move away from Jesus. And, and it was just so refreshing, actually, the more I think about it. I love the series because it was just that refreshing series that just took you back to the basics of what it means to be in a relationship with God. You didn't, there wasn't any intellectual challenge. There wasn't any theological sort of um, debate on it. It was just like, you want a relationship with God? You want to do your best? You want to be the best person you can be? These are the things you can do. Mm. And that's what I loved about it. I, I really did love it. And so I was, I was actually super appreciative of, of the series and and I was just thinking as we were talking before about discipleship, that sermon series could be used as a basis for any membership class in any church. And, and it would be a fantastic way of welcoming people to a church because you go, these are our ideals, this is what we believe and this is how we move. And it's, I just think it's, it's such a wonderful thing in the series and I, I actually can't. I would have to say it's one of the best series I've heard in a long, long time. So I was really appreciative of it. Mm. I think we, we'd want to encourage people, to bound to what Paul said, I think we really want to encourage people to, if they don't have a copy of the little diagram, to grab one. And if, they ha if they've missed any of the, the messages to go back, they're all available on YouTube. And our hope would be that this is something we don't move away from, that this... this becomes part of the foundational, whether it is part of a little course we run or a welcome to the church or something, that it becomes part of our way of thinking about discipleship. So, so Matt, what are we going to be talking about next week? Well, we, we change gears kind of, and we're still working out whether it's still called the next steps. I mean, the podcast will always be called next steps because that's what we're interested in. But uh, we're going to give everybody a gift next week, so it's a good week to come to church. We've been working on a little booklet uh, on what does it mean to step into the calling that God has for you. 
And at the heart of our understanding of calling is that the stuff we've been talking about over these past months is the foundation that we are called to follow Jesus. We are called to be saved in and through Jesus and to adopt his life. And then on as part of that, we're called to live his way of life, which is really what we've been talking about. But then for each and every one of us, there is a specific way that works out. And we'll be talking about how do we discern and step into that. And uh, hopefully, just as I'm really hoping this little diagram becomes part of the way we think about discipleship, we're hoping to give people tools to, because we talk a lot about calling in our church, we're hoping to give people tools and resources to think about what does this mean for me? Hmm. So you heard it here, folks. Come to church, get a present. All right. Well, this has been the Next Steps podcast. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. Thank you to all the people who are listening or watching. Please like, share, comment. Please send us your questions. And, um, yeah, thanks for being with us on the journey, and we will see you next week.